Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but uh, let's recognize our podcast sponsors, uh, along with our podcast partners on the global community of women in high school sport and We Coach. Check out these two great organizations uh, that are partners with the Educational AD Podcast. And now let's hear from our sponsors. We want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration, but Final Forms is more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that go with athletics. Final Forms can also help your coaches with communication and attendance, and even with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help you with um, eligibility with rosters and all the reports that come across your desk and your data is secure with final forms. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes to take the next steps, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with final forms. We also want to say thanks to athletic surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the parents and student athletes that really support your program, and it helps demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then call them at 1-800-738-6466 or email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com, use the podcast code ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Start creating custom-branded content for your school's social media channels. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's uh, sports record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Their interactive touchscreen consoles and their templates can help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. 
That's sales. It's sidelineinteractive.com. We've got a sideline interactive uh, scoring table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. Check them out at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is truly an old friend, Craig Damon. Our Florida listeners will recognize that name. For our audience, Craig is a longtime uh, coach here in the state of Florida, uh, also a longtime member of the Florida High School Athletic Association staff as an, as an associate director. And this past spring, he was selected as the new executive director of our state association. Craig Damon, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Jake, I appreciate you having me on. It is a pleasure to be here with uh, with your audience today. Well, um, uh, again, I thought this would be a really cool uh, episode for our listeners who are mostly athletic directors. You certainly know your way around the world of athletics, and now you know you're uh, we say ADs look at their schools globally. You know, you're looking at the state now uh, and you've done it for a few years, but now as the executive director, you're going to have that global perspective. And uh, you and I got to know each other really when uh, I was a member of the uh, sectional appeals committee for the FHSAA. So uh, I'm sure we're going to have maybe one or two stories about that, but uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Let's start out with that Craig Damon origin story. Uh, share uh, where you were born, where you grew up. Maybe take us up through the college years. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back and hear about uh, some of your professional career. So uh, what's the Craig Damon story? <laughs> Craig Damon story. Small town kid. Uh, Buddy Collins with the Orlando Sentinel did a story on me, and it's very, very accurate. I'm from a little small town in Marion County called Spar, Florida. We have... One four-way stop. We have a Dollar General, um, a, a hardware supply store there, and a subway and a gas station. So that's about the the extent of how big our city is. I uh, grew up in, with parents. My mom, my aunts were educators. So education has always been a part of my life growing up. Um, but it was something that when I was growing up in high school, played the North Marion High School, which I actually ended up coming back and being a teacher and coach at. When I was growing up, it was the last thing that I wanted to do. When I, so when I went to Lenore Ryan on the football scholarship, played football and baseball there, I started out school my freshman year, wanted to major in electrical engineering. And uh, that class called calculus sort of got my attention real quick and uh, decided that that probably wasn't the field I need to go in. So I switched my major to business administration. But again, never thought about coming in the educational field. I saw parents, my parents growing up, uh, my mom, my aunts as teachers and educators and did not want any parts of that. Uh, so after graduating from college in 91, I uh, came back home uh, looking for a job in the business area. And back in the 90s, early 90s, if you were uh, a business major, you need to go to a, business, a large city, you know, Jacksonville, Orlando, Tampa, because that's where the major corporations were that for a student that had graduated, newly graduated student with a business degree, that's where you could find jobs. Uh, interviewed for a couple of jobs, but being a, a country boy, uh, the big city was not for me. So I went to work for the Department of Education, Department of Corrections, excuse me, uh, in Lowell and worked at the women's prison, the Florida women's prison 
uh, for two years doing accounting. Uh, while there uh, in 91, uh, one of my former coaches, who I only coached me for a year, uh, but I helped him move in when he first moved from Georgia down to uh, Spar. He asked me if I'd be interested in coaching some Little League football. Uh, at the time, didn't really know what I was doing, but got involved with Little League football, coaching kids from the age of 9 to 11, and fell in love with it. You know, it was like, okay, this is what my calling is, is to have an impact on kids and loved it. So did it for a year, two years. Uh, at the end of my second year, uh, Sheldon Cruz, who's the executive director of the Florida Athletic Coaches Association, he was a head football coach at North Baron High at the time, and he contacted me about joining his staff at the varsity level. And in 93, I asked where my education career began. And from 1993 to 2013, I worked as a, started out actually at 93 as a, um, almost like a tutor. It was called the academic skills coach. So what I did was went to our um, vocational classes and I pulled students out and tutored them in, on their math skills. So did that for a year. And since my degree was in business administration, I got certified in business education. So I taught keyboarding skills for about three years at the high school level. That was probably the most challenging part of my educational career because back then there was no computers. It was actually typewriters that hit the keys that were fingerprinted. Well, not fingerprinted, but took fingernail polish and, and white it out so you couldn't see the keys. So imagine me a coach an athlete up dictating letters for students to to type that was uh definitely a challenge for me uh but again kept stayed involved and many mentors that were along the way that folks that had coached me ended up coaching beside me or were administrators at the school that kept pushing me to you know to grow my impact on kids so going went from being a position coach to an offensive coordinator to head JV coach, and then finally in 2000 uh, was hired as the head football coach at North Marion, which I did until 2013. Uh, athletic director at the school for seven years too as well. And uh, it's funny how I ended up with the association. We were at a dean's training uh, back in August of 2013, uh, end of July 2013. And we were, took a break on the new um, software program that we're using to do referrals as far as processing referrals and just happened to look on the, the association's website and saw that there was a position open here and just out of curiosity for no other reason I just clicked on it and looked at the qualifications and saw that I met the qualifications so I, I went home talked to my wife talked to you know talked to my family about it and ended up applying for the job and you know the rest is sort of history from there I've been here with the association but it was again going back and thinking about high school days it was definitely Education was definitely not my first choice. Uh, wasn't even second, third, or fourth choice. It was <laughs> nowhere on my radar, but, you know, sometimes, you know, God has a plan for you better than, than we know for ourselves. And uh, I am living proof that, you know, you end up where you're supposed to be at the end of the day. Well, I, I knew some of, uh, you know, your origin story, but those are some cool details. It's always amazing, you know, how many times, you know, people in our profession, you know, coaching, athletic director, um, you know, it, it's never on that uh, plan, you know, as a college student or a young adult that this is what I'm going to do. But those different stops that you made, you know, the business administration uh, corrections, uh, <laughs> obviously, I'm going to guess that there are that those are small tools in your toolbox 
that you occasionally have to take out in your current job. So definitely so. <laughs> For our listeners, our guest today is Craig Damon. He's the executive director for the Florida High School Athletic Administrators Association, longtime teacher coach in the state of Florida. We're going to come back for some more. We're going to take our first break. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Gipper for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to Gipper.com, mention you heard it on the podcast, you'll get 10% off, and start seeing how athletic directors are creating custom content for their school social media channel. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Craig, you really did a great job of uh, condensing a long career into just a few minutes, but um, I want you to share with our listeners uh, about that transition. You know, you were a very successful coach. Um, talk about, you know, the events that led to you becoming an athletic director. What I like to say, coming over to the other side of the desk, uh, how did that all take place? I, it, again, it started back, a mentor of mine, Bobby James, who, I uh, was a longtime Marion County educator. He started out as a basketball coach in, at Ocala Forest and ended up being a principal. And uh, before his career, educational career ended, I uh, was a school board member. He always challenged me, you know, to try to have a, a large impact. You know, you know, you coaching a team, okay, you have about 65 kids that you have an impact on and you're in charge of when I became a head coach and with the whole program, then it became about 100, 120 kids. And so keep growing your impact. You know, you, you put here for a reason to have an impact on kids' lives. So you want to constantly try to, to expand that, that impact that you have. So transition from being a, a head coach, I was enjoying being a head coach because, again, it was strictly my kids that I was worried about that I had to keep an eye on, uh, my sports, my budget, and so forth. And when my season was over with, my season was done. Um but after doing that for a little bit and seeing having some great athletic directors in front of me, I wanted to carry on again from, from my alma mater to try to make our whole athletic program the best it could be. So when the opportunity presented itself, I went and spoke to my principal and uh, gave them the my interest in the position and was hired in that position. And again, once I transitioned into that position, things changed because now you get phone calls from parents that, for issues that you have no control over, didn't have anything to do with, didn't even, half the time didn't even know about that it was even an issue. So that was definitely an eye for me to learn to see things from a broader uh, scope, a broader, a higher level than just my own sport. Uh, but again, our at our school, some of our athletic programs had had success, but then there were some that were struggling a little bit. So my goals were to try to help our programs that were not as successful as some of the others to become better. You know, we were having teams that would, with teams, actually sports would uh, fold in the middle of a season because we didn't have enough kids to participate. So again, seeing those things happen when I was just a head coach over my, my football program, wanted to be an AD to try to make sure that our kids had the opportunity to participate. And it wasn't for a reason of not having enough kids out or not having the resources to put a product on the field, but to have an impact over our whole athletic program. 
Yeah, again, um, your great success as a football coach. Um, as you made that transition from coach to now AD, you know, looking over the entire program, um, what were some, uh, I guess, moments or events where you could say, all right, we're on the right track. We're doing we're doing a good job. Anything stick out for you from those years? Uh, looking at our Title IX numbers, looking at our numbers of girls participating. I mean, that was something that every year we struggled with. And, you know, no matter how hard you try, you know, you can't force girls to play sports. But trying to find a way to entice them, either with nicer uniforms, you know, making sure we have better, adequate facilities for them, upgrading our facilities, having the girls that were participating in our programs have an opportunity to play at the next level. Um, so those were things that were big that we tried to harp on uh, when I was at North Marion to show that, hey, you know, there's the same number of opportunities out there for girls as there they are for boys. So those are some of the things that I, I enjoyed. Um, I guess the other one is, is you know, when it's your program and your way, you know, as far as a, as a head coach, and now you have a whole athletic program, it's uh, so hard to – to put focus on, on other, other programs. Uh, and of course, football, people always say football is, a, you know, the, the king program of a school, you know, being the head football coach and also the athletic director, I felt that I had to go be intentional about making sure all my other programs were taken care of. And so sometimes that meant that my football program, we didn't get things that we probably could have gotten because I had to make sure that all the programs were taken care of. So when gate receipts and stuff came in, you know, sure, there were lots of things that we could have purchased for our football program, but I had to not think about my program, but think about the whole athletic program of the school and put that first. Right. You're, you're so right on that. I, I was the AD and head football coach at one of my schools. And I, I just remember vividly, uh, we, I gave my uh, coaching staff, uh, you know, two polos, you know, we had like a blue one and a red one. Those are our colors. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, they go, well, geez, don't we get a white one? And I say, are you kidding? You know, you know, we, we have other sports here. It, it always, uh, it still annoys me to this day when I'll see that football program out there. And Craig, you know me, I love football. Um, but they've got, you know, four different helmets, six different uniform combinations. I mean, you know, what do your middle school teams look like? What do your girls teams look like? You know, so uh, uh, really as an AD, you, you really have to make sure, because it's the right thing to do. Yes, you know, take are. care of all your programs. Yeah. For our listeners, uh, our guest is um, Craig Damon. He's the executive director of the Florida High School Athletic Administrators Association. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. Final Forms. Uh, can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They've got reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come across your desk. Um, Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like uh, attendance and communication with parents and even with their own certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility and with rosters, um, all the reports that you have to do as an AD and your data is secure with Final Forms. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake and get started with Final Forms.
Welcome back to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Craig Damon, the Executive Director for the Florida High School Athletic Administrators or Athletic Association. Um, Craig, you've already mentioned a couple of mentors that you've had in your life, which is great. None of us get to where we're at on our own. Uh, there's you know, dozens and dozens of people that have helped us along the way. But who are some of the mentors that you'd like to give a shout out that have uh, helped you along the way? And again, I was very fortunate to have so many different people in my life uh, that played a key role into molding me who I am today, uh, from my grandfather, my my uncles, my my dad, all those, my mom, my grandmother, great grandmother, all those family folks were great uh, influences on my life. Um, but coaches played a huge role, a huge, huge role in developing me into who I am today. Uh, one, I probably say the first would be Chester Gregory. Uh, Chester Gregory was the Prince Battle Keller Forest, but he was my baseball coach. I played, started for him as a sophomore on the baseball team, but he's also a uh, defensive line coach in football. Didn't coach me because I played on offense, but he was probably one of the, he was like my dad at school. Uh, he was the one that took me underneath his wing and we just sort of, as, even to this day, we text each other, you know, every, every so often just to check on each other. And he was like that dad on campus uh, for me. Uh, Wendell Daly, who's a longtime track and field football guy here in the state of Florida. Uh, he was, again, a family friend, so he knew all the family. He could coach me a little bit different than everybody else because he knew my mom went to school with, with those folks. So uh, he coached me a little bit differently than the other, other coaches did because Again, that family love there. Um, so he was always a great inspiration because uh, as, as an African-American coach, uh, seeing this, the success that he had, you know, as far as uh, the in high school, going on to college and just being out there and being able to relate to uh, relate to me as a young African-American student athlete. Uh, he was a great influence over me. He even actually helped me play on his his little semi-pro uh, country league baseball team when I was in high school. So had some fun being interacting with some of the older folks in, in our community. Um, trying to think who else. Dennis Minier, who was my head football coach uh, at North Marion, great influencer. Uh, Joe Labuda, who's longtime great football coach up in uh, Minnesota. Uh, very Actually, Wisconsin, very successful in everything that he's done. Uh, he was a guy that 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 did a whole lot for me. Uh, Jim Haley, as I got into my coaching career, uh, two guys, Jim Haley and Tim Brinkley. Tim Brinkley, I coached with at North Marion. Uh, he was a very successful basketball coach uh, that passed away in a car accident, probably about my third, my fourth or fifth year coaching, um, but was a great friend. But Jim Haley, seeing those two guys and what they did in basketball, um, very successful. Had a discipline pro, very disciplined program, but they weren't the, the you know the typical coach that you see that has a discipline program. They kids believed in. They taught me that you know it's okay to have rules and regulations, but you also have to have a relationship with your kids. When you have a relationship with your kids. You don't have to be that that hard butt you know all the time that just get out the folks and you know my way or the highway type type of attitude. Uh, but when kids believe in you, they'll run through a brick wall for you. So those two guys taught me that, you know, no matter what you do, whether you're is coaching players or you, your assistant coaches or staff that's working for you, 
you you have to have a relationship with them and about the importance of having relationships and making sure those relationships are genuine and authentic and showing folks that you care about. So those were very things that I carry with me to this day as far as my wanting to develop relationships with folks because again, when people know that you care about, about them, they will do anything and jump on board and be a part of and support you and all that you're doing. So those are a few, I probably left out a bunch, but those are some of the ones that just come to mind right off the bat. Right. Well, you can tell them I only gave you a couple minutes to do that, but <laughs> um, it, it, it's so cool to hear. And we hear this so often uh, that you're still in touch with a number of you know the mentors that you had, those coaches and some relationships, you kind of alluded to it. It's the old cliche that the kids don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. It's a yep. cliche because it's so true. Okay. You have to build those relationships and the good coaches, the great coaches, they do that. Very cool stuff. Thanks for sharing. Okay. Once again, for our listeners, our guest is Craig Damon. He's the executive director of the Florida High School Athletic Association, longtime coach and AD here in the state of Florida. We're going to hear a little bit more about the FHSAA when we come back, uh, but let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Craig, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, I really got to know you uh, as a high school athletic director when you were a, a member of the FHSAA staff, and in particular on the Sectional Appeals Committee. Uh, for our listeners in the state of Florida, um, if uh, a school or a student athlete uh, um, you know, runs afoul of a policy, uh, they have an opportunity to go through an appeals process. And we have four geographic sections in Florida. Uh, and the appeals committee is made up of athletic directors, um, sometimes principals, uh, always a, a, a lawyer, uh, and a member of FHSA staff. And the school gets to come in, present their case, and then the appeals committee gets to uh, uh, render a, a recommendation or a ruling on that uh, back to the FHSA board. And Again, Craig handled that particular role so professionally. Uh, I think parents and coaches would come in. They'd always be a little uh, nervous. Uh, and just I could just watch them as you would explain the process. You could see them relax a little bit. Most of the time it worked. Sometimes it didn't. But uh, uh, And you also, you were the individual that suggested that the FIAAA uh, do a workshop, uh, which became um, how to uh, prepare for an FHSA appeals, which I think we still do every single year. And it's always one of the most attended workshops. So great yeah. idea on your part. So I'm going to shut up, take our listeners through those first couple of years with FHSAA and, and some of the things that you were involved with that uh, you thought were particularly important for athletics in the state of Florida. Joining the association again, I'm going back to the previous conversation. Uh, I applied for the job in August. So 
coached the football fall classic and first two games of football season before joining the association. I uh, joined on September 13th. So thinking about September 13th, our fall sports were already going, had already started, had been started for almost a month. So when I joined the association, um, the three sports that were assigned to me were swimming and diving, uh, boys soccer, and softball. Uh, swimming and diving, we had a swimming and diving program at North Marion, a swimming program at North Marion. A little bit of diving wasn't a huge program. Uh, our kids had to drive into Akella to practice every day and for meets. So that was a 20, 20 mile trip for some folks. So was not very knowledgeable about swimming and diving at all. <laughs> so here I am, you know, joining in mid season, September 13th and taking over a sport that I know very little about. And in about a month, we were gonna have district uh, district swimmies coming up. So uh, what I did learn was it taught me to be resourceful. So reached out to our, um, our head official and had conversations with her. And anytime I would get a question or email that came in from a coach or a parent about a swim rule, because I was not very versed in the rules of swimming, I would reach out to her. So I would say, hey, let me get some call. I was like, let me, why don't you email that question, put that question in writing to me, allow me a chance to give a response back in writing. So if there is an issue with my response or something comes up later on, you can say, hey, back on such and such date, you said this. And you have me stuck at work. Well, yeah, that was true. But also part of that truth was that I was leaning on Melissa, my uh, head official, to help me answer those questions. So that was a very unique uh, first few months learning the process and how things went with the association, but trying to learn the sport of swimming, uh, move from swimming into soccer. Uh, soccer teams were we had a soccer program, but we were not weren't very successful. Um, you know, so a lot of our kids never played soccer until they got to high school, the ninth grade. So when you go into competing in, at the interscholastic level in soccer and you won't your first time ever playing a sport is ninth grade, you come in way behind everyone else. So again, my knowledge wasn't was not up to par. So again, leaned on soccer officials and soccer coaches to help me get through the soccer. Uh, by the time we got to softball, again, softball, playing baseball, a little familiar, softball rules were a little bit different. But by then, I learned to, again, build a relationship with officials and coaches just from my three, the two other sports I had. So towards the end of the year, that first year, I had established relationships, not only with our coaches, but with our officials to where I learned a whole lot in a short period of time so that I could do what was best for, for our student athletes. Uh, again, going into second year that summer, I was all sort of like excited because I learned about my, my three sports and thought, okay, second year, I could try to, try to make some changes and do some things and have a little bit better impact. And uh, Mr. Harrison, who was my supervisor at that point in time, he changed my sports. So he moved me to football, girls basketball, and track and field. Uh, of course, football is very comfortable with football, uh, almost too comfortable because I knew most of the coaches. So a lot of coaches felt that they could just call me, you know, at any point in time with a question and get an answer or I would understand their perspective. So it took a little, I had to learn to separate, you know, being going from being colleagues to me being the administrator of that sport where I had lots of friends and, you know, okay, yeah, we're going to still be friends, but just like you, I have a job that I have to do. So that was a, a transition period. Uh, girls basketball, again, our, our at North Marion, our girls basketball programs had been pretty successful. So not 
didn't have to learn the sport, but I had to learn the coaches and learn the officials again because being a sport administrator is not what we know as a sport administrator is having those relationships with our coaches and our officials so that we can uh, work efficiently and do what's best for our student athletes. Track and field, uh, again, track and field at a high school compared to on a state level is a huge undertaking. Uh, I like to think about track and field as being organized chaos because there's so many different things going on at the same time, but it all falls into place at the right time. And folks, you know, our track officials are probably one of the groups that I probably enjoyed the most because uh, at a track and field event, you know, state championship event, you might have 50 track officials there and you get to know the different personalities. And, you know, most of them have been doing it for years and they do it for the love of the sport. Uh, you know, not so much because during regular season, a lot of times they don't get paid for what they do. So it was great to work with them. And again, thinking that from the start of year three, then to have my sports again, second year in each of those sports, and back in, I don't want to say it was April, May, the associate executive position, director's position over eligible and compliance came open. Uh, wasn't too thrilled about applying for it at first. So we're not, didn't even think about it. Again, I was thinking about my sports, second year in the sport and trying to have a huge impact. Uh, but some folks on staff asked me about applying. And again, thinking about the words of Bobby James, having a larger impact, that sort of changed my perspective a little bit apply for the job and when I got the job it was about again going out and building relationships knowing what it was like when I was at a school as an athletic director and being on the other side of due process and now that I was in a position where I sort of facilitated due process here trying to think of all the things that I had questions about going into due process for that first appeal you know not knowing what the committee looked like what the committee was looking for and again knowing that coming out or going into the appeals, what could have been said that would make me feel a little bit more at ease to present my case as opposed to taking away some of those nerves. So those are things that I set out as a, as a goal uh, when I came on the eligible and compliance department and I shared with staff and we all bought into that, you know, even though we're supposed to be the hammer of the association, the ones that people hate the most because we're enforcing the rules. Uh, we wanted to make sure we did that and provide a great customer service. So, People may not like the decision that we would give or render, but they respected our decision because they felt that they were treated with as with the best customer service that they could have. So with seven years in, in eligible and compliance, those were the things that we tried to do. We tried to make folks feel comfortable calling and self-reporting or comfortable calling and asking a question on a rules interpretation or an eligibility question. We wanted our membership to be a very comfortable uh, reaching out and communicating with us and knowing that they would get a response back from our and an explanation to not just a no, but the no, and this is why we're telling you no, because it's state statute or the bylaw says this and, and this is how we interpret it. So trying to not only, you know, again, provide great customer service, but to try to educate folks uh, throughout that process. Right. I'm glad you mentioned that last part. Again, the the service that y'all provided, I, I thought was great. Again, I, I was on that one committee, but uh, I was an athletic director. I've been in Florida as an AD, uh, you know, for 20 years, uh, retired two years ago, but was an AD for 20 years in Florida. And, and you guys did a great job. Uh, but the rules that you talk about, the rules that you enforce, almost all of those rules come out of, you know, 
coaches committees and officials recommendations. So it's not like y'all are sitting there in Gainesville and just saying, Hey, you know, let's change this rule, you know, or let's invent something. Uh, you know, you're part of the process to bring those rules in. And you mentioned the state legislature. I can say this. So listeners, this is not Craig Damon saying this, but I think some of the, um, let's say, I think some of the FHSA's bad image is not their fault. It's the state legislatures that have gotten involved in athletics and created statutes, you know, laws that, you know, tie everybody's hands, coaches, ADs, and the FHSAA. Uh, you know, so many times I, I would hear a coach or a parent gripe about something about and attribute it to the FHSAA. And I'd tell them, hey, it's not them. It's a state law. OK, so uh, um, hopefully that, you, uh, takes a little that a little bit to add that a little bit in my current role now. And you know, I've tried over the past couple of years to be proactive. You know, I've met with our lobbyists and I want to have a great working relationship with our with the folks in Tallahassee because they what they do. They have a, a a daunting task in front of them, and they, you know, who to hear from. So it's my goal to make sure that they hear the good things that come from the Florida House Athletic Association. Uh, however, that means you know, me reaching out and going to different committee meetings, and or sending emails, or sharing our success stories. But it, it, you know, for so long, they only hear the negative things, and that's one of the things that we're working toward. One of my main goals this year is to change that perception. You know. So often we only hear from us when we're defending something that went astray or someone, a decision that was made that that folks didn't like. But we do a lot of good things here in the association. And it's about, you know, us making sure that we put out our own narrative because if we don't put out a narrative, someone else will put out a narrative for us. So that is a, one of my top goals. And that's a question coming up later. But that is one of those goals that we have to put our own narrative out if we want people to know what we really do. And as opposed to, sitting back waiting and for something bad to happen and then trying to, to defend. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, the organization does some great work. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have Craig share uh, some of those goals that he has moving forward as the executive director. Uh, once again, our guest is Craig Damon, the executive director for the Florida High School Athletic Association. Let's take another break. I know that's a shock for our regular listeners, but we want to give our uh, sponsors a shout out. Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more. We want to say thanks to the good people at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. You know, they've got a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's school records for all your teams, for all your sports, or your school's Hall of Fame, talk to the folks at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Their interactive touchscreen consoles and their library of templates help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. And go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to our visit with Craig Damon, the executive director of the Florida High School Athletic Association. Craig, you um, I think you took the reins of the job, uh, you know, this past spring. Uh, so you've had the summer. Uh, and again, for our listeners, um, Craig has been very, very active already. I see him on Twitter. He's been traveling the state, visiting with schools, uh, just doing a great job moving forward. 
what are some of your goals? Uh, what are some of the things that, you know, let's say you want to accomplish year one and even moving forward? Uh, how do you see the FHSAA growing uh, under your leadership? And it's funny that uh, my goals actually go back two years ago. Um, I want to say it was probably the spring of 20, actually a year ago, 2021, uh, early spring, you know, being on the road for appeals and going through different various deals and hearing from our membership. Uh, I came back and put four things on a whiteboard in my office that were goals for me, you know, I was building compliance and I'll say, I can left them on the board. And it's like, oh, these are things that I want to want to accomplish. Had no idea that, you know, in over summer, Mr. Tom was going to announce that this is going to be his, his last, last was going to be his last year uh, or that I even was going to apply for the job and be up for the job. But the four goals that I wrote down was one was to reconnect with our membership. I mean, I think I have a being in the and compliance and doing due process section appeals gave me the opportunity to be out amongst our member schools and hear various perceptions, uh, whether true or false or whatever, it doesn't matter. But people had a different perspective. Uh, part of it came from uh, just when the pandemic hit with COVID, uh, where we were forced to all shut things down for a little bit. And then we started doing things remotely where we weren't out inter interacting or engaging in person with each other. And then part of it, I, I think, falls on us here in the association office in Gainesville, where we didn't get out and do things as much as we used to do with our member schools. So one of the things I put on was to reconnect with our membership, to get out, be as, as present with folks and engage and interact with folks every opportunity that I had a chance to. Uh, even if it meant my section appeals trips, I would try to visit a school or stop by school just to say hello of a school I've never visited before. And those are always fun trips because first thing that comes to mind, here's somebody in the front office from the Florida High School Athletic Association from the Ellsworth and Compliance Department, unannounced. So people think it's the worst when I, would, when I would show up. And I've always shared that if I'm coming unannounced, that means it doesn't matter if you're here or not. That's probably a, that is a good thing 99% of the time. If it's something bad, I'm going to call and make sure that you are there so that we can have a scheduled appointment. So that was uh, a, a joke that I always share every time I get a chance to speak. Uh, the second was to rekindle relationships with our partners, uh, FACA, the Florida Association, Co uh, Co Florida Coaches Association, um, with uh, FIAAA, with our Athletic Administrators Association, with FCIS, which is our independent schools, and with fans. Uh, those organizations, again, we when the pandemic hit, we sort of isolated ourselves and worried about maintaining what we were doing as an individual entity and not staying together as one unit. Um, and some of those relationships were strained. I mean, over the years where, for lack of better terms, some relationships just got strained. So uh, another goal of mine was to rekindle those relationships, to see where we went we went left and they went right to try to get back on the same path because at the end of the day, we all, we're all both serving coaches and student athletes, so we need to be on the same path. Uh, a third was um, to coexist. It didn't matter if, you know, there's been state legislation the past couple of years that have talked about other associations. And so if there were going to be other associations, you know, that's something that was outside of my control or anyone else's control. And if there were going to be others, you know, those things that we couldn't control. So, to be able to coexist uh, again because student athletes and what's best for them is is what the ultimate goal is for all our organizations 
And last was just to be the best brand. I mean, that was that was something I felt that I had control over. It was to be the best me I could possibly be. And now in the receipt that I'm in now to be the best state association that we can be. And, you know, whether it's, you know, providing great customer service and even we've changed our tone on customer service now until it's about the customer experience. And we had an in-service back in June. I had various folks from the outside come in and share different things with our whole staff. And the whole day was built about how can we better serve our member, member schools and put on a better uh, better activities for our student athletes. And Rhonda Fernandez, who's the owner of Mojo's in Ocala, Florida. So if you know Evan Ocala, Florida, and want some good Cuban food, please stop by one of the Mojo restaurants. Uh, he spoke about uh, his restaurant experience and his big thing, big take was customer experience. And when he said about customer experience was, you know, he'd owned the restaurant early on, early in his career, uh, had, had to come back after some, some setbacks and he came back as a server at, at a restaurant. And his thing was he wanted uh, the experience of his customers to be the best experience that he could possibly provide for them so that it didn't matter if they had to stand in line for two hours or wait to sit at one of his tables, they would stand in line for two hours just to have that experience with them. So that sort of changed our focus a little bit. And what, you know, one of the things that we're looking to do is to make sure every experience that we provide for, whether it's a committee, whether it's appeals, or if it's one of our championship events, or our student athletes, or compliance seminars, whatever it is that we're doing, we want that experience to be one that's memorable, and that one that folks uh, have turned out to be very positive, and walk away with a positive positive vibe, as opposed to um, just making sure we get the event done. Uh, so those are four goals that I've taken on. Uh, you know, want to be very uh, make sure that we accomplish. I uh, alluded to it earlier, forming those relationships with the folks in Tallahassee uh, to make sure that they also have a better per perception of what takes place here with our association and what we do for our student athletes. Because I think a lot of times they're not fully aware of the things that we, we do for student athletes here in the state of Florida. So, again, I feel it's part of my job to make sure that everyone understands the value of interscholastic athletics here in the state of Florida. Well, I, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not certainly not trying to speak for uh, FIAAA or FACA. I know those two organizations very well, but I would say the early returns are, uh, are very good. Uh, I think people are excited. You know, they can see the efforts that are being made, uh, and they can see results. So, uh, you know, continued success with all that. Uh, you know, I, I'm very optimistic you're going to keep doing a great job. For um, our listeners, if they wanted to reach out and uh, pick your brain or get in touch with FHSAA, what's the best way that they can do that? Email is probably the best way. Uh, it's cdamon, C-D-A-M-O-N, at FHSAA.org, or they can email the executive director at FHSAA.org. Okay. Once again, our guest is Craig Damon from the Florida High School Athletic Administrators or Athletic Association, doing my FIAAA speech, <laughs> uh, the FHSAA. Uh, we're going to take another break, but we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. We'll show you how to scan your attendees and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager 
that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up digital ticketing for things like school dances, theater performances, concerts, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling tickets to your events digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and see how they're helping schools. Um, over 200,000 teams across the country use Huddle to help their athletes and their teams perform better using video and analytics. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the smart cameras, the mobile apps. Of course, they love the analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle has tools to help every team, every coach, every athlete improve. And if you go to huddle.com, you're going to find a complete solution with professional grade analysis. Go to huddle.com. We believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. If you want your school to become a huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Craig, one of the questions that we've asked almost since the very beginning of the podcast uh, two years ago has to do with this idea of toughness. A um, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, uh, come on, you got to be tough, or come on, Jake, uh, you got to suck it up. And we pretty much knew what they meant, and we did it. Uh, since then, we have figured out much better ways to communicate to kids and, and get our message across. But personally, I, I still think that there's a place for toughness in sports and definitely in life. So here's my question. How can we help a kid to develop toughness while also being aware of the very real challenges that a Generation Z kid experiences that I never had to go through? Uh, do you have any advice for us? <laughs> That is a great question, uh, and it, it is a great challenge, too, as well. Uh, my personal thoughts are, again, I, I'm a big relationship person, so I go back to relationship and having those relationships with student athletes. So it's just when you know your kids and you know their strengths and weaknesses. Um, you try to arm them with resources and tools that help them to push through uh, some tough times. Uh, and I think one of the things that – I wish I did a better job of possibly when I was a coach is modeling how to push through those, those, those tough times. I think so often that we, we tell kids what we expect from them, tell them what to do, but they don't see us as coaches modeling, uh, modeling how to go through those difficult situations. So sometimes it's about making ourselves a little bit vulnerable to show that we're not, you know, we're not, immune to tough situations or challenges ourselves and let them see us have uh, face some challenges and how we respond to challenges, such as in a game, when we get a call that doesn't go our way, how do we respond to it? You know, those are some of the things, little things that they watch and, you know, they hear what we say, but they watch what we do. And too often, I, I think we say one thing and do something different and it, it sends a, a, a conflicting message to our student athletes. So I think that's one way we can. Another way is to, to put them in some of those challenging situations in practice. And if they aren't successful, I ain't gonna call it a fail, if they aren't successful, teaching them how to 
to get through that, you know, how to be successful. Hey, you took the wrong step. You know, let's let's correct that step. You know, if you want to make this catch or make that that play, well, let's walk them through it. You, you know, trying to learn the different modalities that some of these kids learn. You know, for some of them, it's not just telling them what to do, but you also have to show them, and they need to see a model. So, trying to to do those things. I I, I think at the end of the day, having those relationships with with kids and knowing how far you can push them. Because each kid is 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 built a little differently. Some kids you can yell and scream at, and that's all it takes to get them motivated. And for some, you got to take your arm and put put your arm around them and walk them over there and explain to them exactly what went wrong, and that teaches them how to how to get through some of those tough times. But I guess for me, the big thing is to make sure we model it a little bit more, and let them see us in vulnerable situations, and let them see that hey. Everybody goes through tough times at some point in time. It's not whether you're going to get knocked down. It's, it's whether you get up or not. And showing them that, hey, you have to get up after every time you get knocked down. Yeah, again, and that's been a common theme throughout today's interview. You talked about relationships so much, and then you mentioned, you know, modeling that behavior. Uh, I say I love it. I, I don't love it. But, you know, I love the head coach that he's yelling at the referees every play, you know, chirping. You know, I'm a basketball official, so I get to hear it, you know, nonstop. And then, you know, the assistant or one of the kids does the same thing and the coach turns around and goes ballistic on them uh, for doing the same thing that they've watched the head coach do. So uh, um, one of my favorite cliches, I, again, I didn't author it, but I stole it 20 plus years ago. Everything you see at a school, it's either coached or it's allowed. Yep. You know, which one is it? Uh, yep. I share that in some of my presentations. Uh, is that coached or is it allowed? Okay. Yep. So. Very cool stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. We're going to take another quick break. Uh, we're almost done, but there's more coming up. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their fundraising platform and see how it can help your athletic program do even better. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was just fantastic. As an athletic director, I knew what was going on, but I didn't have to be involved. Go to snapraise.com, uh, get away from some of the fundraising headaches of the past and put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to work for you. It's easy, it's safe, and what's more important, it works. If you go to snapraise.com, you can check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped schools just like yours raise using SnapRaise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com to get started. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Craig Damon. He's the executive director of the Florida High School Athletic Association, longtime coach and AD here in Florida. Craig, you and I were talking earlier um, about sportsmanship, and I know that's very important to you. Um, what are some things you'd like to share with our listeners on this topic? sportsmanship is is very key it's ingrained in all of our bylaws and, and policies the foundation of what the association was built on is sportsmanship and for lack of i don't know why but it seemed like it has been going uh the opposite direction that we would like but to go to over the past for a while now and trying to get it changed um if when you think about officials we're losing officials uh every year just based on how, how they're treated. And even some of my coaches are walking away from the profession just because the game is not what it used to be, just from some of the demands of parents and 
and how they're treated. So sportsmanship is something that, you know, it's, it's a choice. Uh, each of us make a choice how we respond or how we react to things. And it's making sure that we're, we're, we're playing the game for the right reason. I think sometimes a win seems to get in the way of doing things the right way for some of our, our folks. And that's what they're more concerned about as long as they get the win. You know, sure, I'll be a good sport after I get the win, but I'm going to do what I need to do to get the win first. And in the state of Florida, uh, I know I've heard from coaches, our pay is not based on wins and losses. <laughs> you know, if, if so, we'll be making the money that some of the coaches in Texas and so forth are making. Uh, but sportsmanship is something that we try to take seriously here at the association, uh, support our officials on when, when things come in that are unsportsmanlike behaviors or conducts take place. Uh, during, before, before, during, or after contest, uh, but it's something that I feel strongly. That's a, it's a partnership. It's not something that's directly uh, on the state association, dude. Uh, but it's also in our schools. And one of the things that we should see a whole lot more of that I'm going, I'm a big advocate of, is getting our schools involved with the sanctions of a student athlete. Uh, We've had some – it's Monday, so on Mondays after Friday nights, Thursday, Friday night football games, we usually have 20 or 30 ejections from a Friday night game. And we get the reports in from our member schools and, you know, they ask what's the corrective action that the school has taken. And most of the time it's, okay, we sat the whole team down and had a conversation with the team that this type of behavior is not, not acceptable. Sure, that is all fine and dandy, but what about the kid that, that made the poor choice? you know, or a coach that made the poor choice. So what we're asking, what we would love to see from our standpoint is a partnership or us collaboratively working together to deter uh, this type of behavior. And in doing so, if a kid gets in a fight at a football game, I'm using football just because that's the big sport right now. But if you have two students getting a fight in the stands, they get suspended from school because it's still a school rule. It's your own school ground. You had a school activity. However, if a kid gets in a fight in the football field, to date, I have not seen uh, a corrective action by a school that said, okay, we're going to suspend the kid for five days because he got in a fight. Fight is a fight, (laughs) you know. It's all on us to be the bad guys when, you know, it should be a a collaboration between the two to try to correct the behavior. So that's one of the things I get tomorrow, get the opportunity to go to fans and speak with uh, some of the heads of schools from our independent schools. And then next Thursday, I uh, get the opportunity to speak to superintendents of the public schools uh, down in Orlando. And part of my conversation with them is going to be about collaborative joining together to help change the unsportsmanlike behavior that's becoming a thing. It's coming too frequently and, and too much of a, a normalcy uh, within our, our sports. No, I, I agree. And I, I hate to be the, um, you know, sound like I'm just, uh, you know, a yes man here, but uh I think you can attest to this. The last few years, I was the athletic director at McClay. You know, we talked to our coaches. We talked to our student athletes uh, about this. And we came up with a school policy. And we didn't have a problem with this. We just wanted to drive home the point with our coaches and our kids that if something did happen, if there was an ejection, and if the FHSA uh, policy was, you know, okay, it's one game, it's two games, whatever it was, our school's policy was going to double that. So if if the FHSA handbook came down with, you know, okay, it's a two game suspension, um, 
Ours was a four game suspension. And Mm -hmm. we only had to enforce that, I think, two times during my time at McClay. Uh, But and again, we didn't have a problem. But our coaches and our kids bought into it. And and I'm right there with you, Craig. Uh, you know, it, it comes from leadership. Um, you know, the the and we would tell our coaches, you know, you're responsible for that climate. You know, you know, it's either coached or allowed, right? Uh <laughs> yes. the kids, the kids are gonna watch you and the parents are gonna watch you. Yeah. If they see you going off on a referee, they're gonna do the same thing. But if they see you and we told them this is what we wanted, if you just ignore that call, if you go back to coaching your kids the parents are going to do the same thing too. And the officials are going to respect you. And, and we had officials crews. They wanted to come to our school because mm-hmm. they knew our coaches for the most part, we're going to do a good job. So <laughs> great, great stuff. Craig, this has been really cool spending time with you. Uh, I know we, you know, we've known each other for a few years, but this has been really a real treat. And I know it's been a treat for our listeners, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. So we're going to take a quick break from athletic surveys that sponsor this segment when we come back we're going to find out what craig damon is going to put in his new athletic director's toolbox please stay with us we want to thank athletic surveys by lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment athletic surveys are a quick easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program At my school, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, even for parents. And the information that came back on our surveys was almost always over-the-top positive, and it'll be the same for you. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent sometimes, and frequently they'd share a small problem that you could address and keep it from turning into a big problem because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done the survey. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at athleticsurveys.com or email them at athleticsurveys.info at athleticsurveys.com and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, we've been visiting with Craig Damon, a longtime coach and athletic director here in Florida and uh, the new executive director for the Florida High School Athletic Association. Craig, um, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics, but right now I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? First thing, Jake, would be your your book. (laughs) I think that is the one of the best things that could be in there because it lists numerous things that could go wrong or uh, could happen or you could experience. So I would put your book as number one on my list uh, to go in the toolbox. Uh, secondly, I would have in my toolbox um, a lit contact numbers of other ADs in my area so that I could, could refer back to them uh, to uh, ask questions to, to run things by as a resource. Uh, third thing I'll put in my toolbox, hmm, I'll keep a little notepad in my back pocket. Uh, Mr. Tomlin, watching him over the years here at the association, his business cards were a little bit different. They were the ones that he could fold, but he kept always kept one in his pocket. So no matter where he was at, if he thought of something, he could write it down and didn't have to try to worry about remembering 
at some other point in time if something came up. So uh, we were just at a, a Section 3 meeting, and they actually gave us some little small ones that fit right in your pocket, nice and easy you could attach a pen to. And it was just a quick note that you could write to yourself as I'm walking or doing something that I could come back to at a later point and say, okay, yep, I need to finish this thought or or so forth. So that, those are three things that I would try to take a fourth or fifth. Um, biggest, I would say, shoot, as, a, um, as an athletic director, probably one of the key relationships that an athletic director needs to have is with their boss, your principal, your head of school, uh, complete understanding of the expectations, uh, what your expectations are, what things need to come across their desk and that they need to know about and what things they expected you to handle without going to come across that desk, I think is very key. I think understanding the philosophy of your, your boss, your administrator, um, if they were very hands-on or very hands-off, understanding their expectations, uh, I think is very vital in the a new athletic director in those first couple of years. Because again, you can come in with all your ideas you have in the world and your experience, but depends on your administrator. Uh, they may have some different expectations. I think that's something that's very key to uh, a successful uh, career in athletics is having having that great relationship. And again, back to relationships again. Uh, relationships will be the, the biggest thing in the box is making sure whether it's coaches, ADs, parents, uh, administrators, whoever it is, having that, that relationship that, you, you know, they trust you, you trust them, um, they believe in what you're doing, and they will support you, you know, at all times. Yeah, I, I just did a presentation, and, and it's eerie how, you know, those were things I, I just mentioned, the relationships, you know, uh, and it says students coaches, parents, your boss. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to say great minds take alike. I'm certainly not a great mind, but uh, I appreciate you sharing. And thank you so much for the shout out on the book. Uh, it's certainly been a lot of fun uh, listening to the interviews and your toolbox suggestions are going to go into the third edition of the athletic director toolbox, which will be coming out uh, in the spring of uh, 2023. So thanks for sharing. Right. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on. One more time, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, and uh, I'm not trying to fill up your inbox, but uh, you know, you've got a great resource here, uh, folks, especially for our Florida listeners. What's the best way they can get a hold of you, Craig? Email cdamon, C-D-A-M-O-N, at fhsaa.org, or executive director at fhsaa.org. Greg, thanks again so much and all the best uh, moving forward. I know we're going to be talking more, but uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast and thanks for everything you do. All right, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Jake. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of every interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.